0: When I went through my persecution and, and through, I think, miracles, through the strength of my family and my faith, and, and what, I, what I firmly believed in, which was the truth, and that the truth will, will eventually rise to the top, you know, it, and it always does, I think that that's where we're heading.
1: The Constitution of the United States is perhaps the most remarkable governing document in world history across the entire span of it, and it's created the longest-lived republic uh, in the history uh, of the the world as far as we know it. I believe that in part that's because God has shown favor on the United States.
2: I think the ingenuity of our founding fathers was to give us enough tools that no matter what self-destructive moment we found ourselves in the history of this country, there would be a path of self-correction.
3: The Constitution is based on principles that came from that Judeo-Christian biblical heritage. Didn't come from Rome, didn't come from Greece. The revolutionary idea engrossed in the Constitution is that you have rights based on the fact that you are a created person that those rights are inherent in your personhood because you've been created by God. Make no mistake about it, for the first 150
4: years of America, our country was a Christian nation. You have the Supreme Court countless times saying in uh, a verdict they would say America is a Christian nation.
1: The collection of true geniuses in law and political science and in the habits and nature and culture of the American people that produced a document that was so well suited to the American character, and that all of them were brought together in Philadelphia. It just seems like uh, it's too much of a coincidence, if you could plot the mathematical odds of that. Uh, It seems extraordinary, and God's hand uh, is, is shown to be at work.
5: Yeah, there's three institutions that God created. There's a family, and there's church, and there's government. Government is not a man-made concept. Uh, Romans 13 and other passages are very clear that God ordained government to create a
4: civil society in which people can live. John Jay, the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court said, in this Christian nation, God has given us the privilege of choosing our leaders. But all of that changed suddenly in 1962 when somebody got the right idea, well, maybe we can be good without God. And there was a concerted effort uh, by the left to remove the mention of God through prayer, through the Bible reading in the schools, through the uh, mentions in the public square to remove God from society. And we're suffering the result of that right now.
6: You your <laughs> privilege! They won't suit you, they won't kill you! Get a Get
4: a I mean, if there is no creator to whom we're accountable, well, why not do whatever we want to do? That's the result of teaching people they're nothing more than a biological accident, and there's no one to whom they're accountable.
1: John Adams said that uh, the Constitution was designed for uh, a moral people, and that if America ceased to be moral, that then we would have problems with governing the country, and I think we're, Uh, seeing that borne out with the increasing secularization.
3: That's why it's so difficult, like, to go to Afghanistan or Iran and try to plant democratic notions. They don't have that same Judeo-Christian background, which says, you have inalienable rights, rights that you can't even alienate by something that you do. That's what inalienable means. They don't have that tradition, therefore, they're not gonna have the same ideas about the value of life because you are a person that's created in the image of God. And that's why you have value.
7: Part of the deliberate effort, the strategic attack on our constitution uh, revolves around dismantling our Judeo Christian values in which our country was founded upon. And I know this better than most because, as a Jewish conservative woman, right, I'm the most banned woman in the world. I only recently got my Twitter account back, but I'm still banned on nearly every single social media site uh, for speaking out against political corruption and exposing anti Semitism. And so if you're a Christian conservative, especially if you're white in America, uh, you now have people like Merrick Garland and people like Christopher Ray saying that white Christian conservatives are the biggest domestic terror threat in this country.
8: Karl Marx wrote that religion is the opiate of the masses. If the church can be pushed out of society, a lot of the culture, the culture of goodness can be pushed out you know, as well. We have global forces backed by those who would like to have even stronger role in a central government that are attacking three things. Just think about it, they're attacking our economy, they're attacking our security, and they're attacking our culture. If they can do that and create insecurity, if people don't have their church, their religion, to fall back on and they become insecure, people will begin to trade their freedom for security. When you have religion, you have a force that the the government can't control. I was baptized as a Catholic, uh,
9: but I readily admit that that in the golden years in which I was working as a political consultant, uh, an eight to three Republican presidents, uh, that I wandered very far from the Lord. I began to take my cushy life and my success for granted. Uh, but there are no atheists in foxholes. And therefore, when affliction came upon me uh, and it became clear to me, I would never be allowed to mount any defense because the judge systematically refused to allow my attorneys to present any evidence in my defense, uh, that I was going to be lynched, that I was going to die in prison. It was then that a very good friend of mine, a young pastor, Randy Coggins, uh, urged me to take refuge in the Lord, basically said, the stress you and your family are under, you have to turn to Christ. This, uh, this entire prosecution uh, has left me materially far poorer, but spiritually far richer.
2: But I think people have a sense of history and they see a uh, core assault on the values of America. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country.
10: When I look at America today, I see the fruit, the harvest of the Obama years. He ran on the slogan, he was going to fundamentally transform America. And everybody clapped, everybody cheered. Why would you want to fundamentally transform the freest, most prosperous, most generous nation in the world? And we should have known then.
5: You're a boy, right?
6: No, I'm a girl.
1: Who told you you are a girl?
6: Mommy.
11: We have a president now, President Joe Biden, who has, in my opinion, has abandoned family. There's no moral compass there at all. And so I, I think many of us want to see a president that is a, that is proud to talk about their faith, that is proud to talk about family, that's not pushing for children to have uh, transgender operations, where they've been mutilated and castrated, um, where we're seeing a push and a narrative from the White House where they're hanging a LGBTQ flag uh, in a violation of the American flag code, and they're flying this flag at the White House where you're seeing cocaine found in the White House. W- what kind of what kind of president is this? You know, I'm not looking for a president to know scripture inside out because I don't either, many of us don't, but one that's that's not afraid to publicly acknowledge that they are Christian and they embrace Christian values I can appreciate that.
6: And we have Pastor Jeffress, too, who's been with me right from the beginning. He made a statement once, I'll never forget, he said, who is this guy who's on television? He said, you know, this guy Trump, he may not know the Bible as well as some of us. In fact, we may not know it that well, (laughs) but he's a big believer and he's a great leader. And we're going to be very happy with him, and I'll never forget it. I wasn't sure should I be insulted or not,
5: but I wasn't. <laughs> a great deal of mockery towards people of faith. I mean, we look now at the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, for example, and we have this culture. You know, at the bottom of all of it is a spiritual battle in which we are engaged. and. The evidence of that to me is increasingly becoming clear. The scripture tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and powers and principalities in this world and the the forces in heavenly places. And it is as though this current agenda is inviting these principalities into our culture. That school prayer is banned but drag shows are
6: absolutely allowed. This is not just a political problem, this is a spiritual problem.
4: You're trickling my students.
11: No, you're not. You can't even have a So you don't even know what that is. You don't know what this is. Get this out of here.
2: You see enormous evidence of anti-Semitism in American colleges today. Declarations by colleges that Zionists will not be allowed to speak on campus, something that we could only imagine Hitler would declare 70, 80 years ago. All of that extremism here is uh, often tempered by the good values we have, by the court system we have, that often overrules bad judgments in college campuses. Uh, But the sentiments that have driven a much more violent extremist crackdown on Christianity and Judaism around the world are becoming more prevalent. Sentiments are. God, not... God, this
0: be yeah. We realized right away that the nun's habit contains a lot of social stigmas.
5: I came out and got to preach for about 12 minutes before a cop got in my face, laid hands on me, and threatened to arrest me if I didn't stop.
7: We now bring you the latest in the case of Mark Houck, a pro-life husband and father whose family was attacked in a dawn raid by the FBI just last week. As you may have heard, dozens of FBI agents descended upon the Houck's home on the morning of September 23rd and arrested Mr. Hauk in front of his wife and very young children.
5: Two dozen agents clad in body armor and ballistic helmets and shields and a battering ram showed up at his house pointing rifles at his family,
1: the Biden administration sicked the National Security Division, which was designed to deal with international terrorism, uh, on on so-called domestic terrorists who were just, uh, you know, largely uh, Christian parents.
2: About four or five months ago, uh, we broke a series of stories about what the FBI has been doing to get inside of churches. There was a memo written in the uh, out of the FBI's intelligence division in Richmond, Virginia, that said that Catholics who were had a propensity or preference for going to the old Latin right mass posed a threat as extremists.
12: The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass.
0: Our political system is filled with evil people, filled with uh, evil uh, uh, ideologies, and you know they'll see things like this and go, "Ah, oh, it's a all oh, you know, it's a you know, it's a conspiracy theory, right?" I mean, we joke. it's almost that's become like a, a joke, that phrase. So the entire United States of America, the entire population, is not at the edge of potentially falling off the cliff of democracy or. Falling, off the, or falling away from uh, being a constitutional republic, we are already over the edge. We are already in that valley. We are in a period of history, and it's, and it's very spiritual, it's very biblical. The way that our de- Department of Homeland Security defines domestic terrorists, Jesus would be right at the top of the list.
12: Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country?
6: The Catholic Church has been treated horribly when they needed money for their school systems and they do a good job with the schools. I got them billions of dollars that some people didn't want to do, but I said, we're gonna help them. You took about hundreds of thousands of students and really good education. We had to help them during the China virus crisis, which is what it is. You know, you had the Spanish flu. Nobody complains about that, right? I haven't heard too many of my Hispanic friends, so we have to change it. No, it's a China virus. It came out of Wuhan. I said it from the beginning. came out of the lab. That's unbelievable. Remember when they tried to blame Italy? It was Italy's fault. Italy said, what? (laughs) And Italy had a hard time, then they blamed France, then they blamed the United States, then they finally shut up because it was too obvious, now it is the China virus.
5: The big arm of government with the full force of uh, the weaponized government monetarily and to punish people is beginning to march down our streets and for anyone to think that that's happening in California, but it won't happen in my town, they've got their head in the sand. This thing is marching across our country.
7: Myself, I've been a victim of, of, of the FBI gone wild. I've been illegally red flagged as a congressional candidate when I was running for Congress. I I found out that I was federally prohibited from owning or possessing a firearm and yet nobody ever notified me. And so every single day we see an abuse of power in our country by the DOJ, by uh, the FBI, and Uh, by government officials.
2: Right now, there are people in the FBI who have designed the process of the investigation to be the punishment, meaning you may never get charged with a crime or you may get charged with something very minor, but the process we're going to
1: put you through is so onerous, so humiliating that it's designed to be your punishment. So there was very loud banging uh, insistent on the door. Go ahead and step on out here. Come on this way. Can I put pants on first? Sir, we've got to clear the house. We're going to clear the house. They said that they had a warrant to search uh, and take all of my electronics. I protested and said, you know, let me put some pants on. And they insisted that they would not allow me to do that. Can I open the garage and stand in the garage? It's a search warrant. It's a search warrant. come on right over here. (laughs) please. CNN went around to my neighbors and attempted to pay them for footage of me and my family.
9: When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what exactly? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up.
6: Everything we hold near, every last tenet, American tradition is under a merciless assault from the radical left. These people are taking a sledgehammer to the very foundations of our free society.
9: So I went through two years of hell in which my wife and I lost everything, our home, our savings, uh, my car, uh, most of our insurance, my ability to speak freely, my ability to travel freely, my ability to make a living. I was saved only through the grace of God only through the power of prayer and because Donald Trump had the courage and the strength in an election year to see how completely bogus my prosecution was and give me a full and unconditional presidential pardon. When I went to trial in what was really a Soviet-style show trial in the District of Columbia, in which all of my constitutional rights were violated, uh, my attorneys petitioned the court for a complete copy of Robert Mueller's final report. The judge denied that, but said that she would read the report and give my lawyers those portions of the report that she thought were germane. She read the entire report, but she failed to give us the portion of the report in which even Robert Mueller could not sugarcoat that he had no factual basis to establish that I was involved in any conspiracy involving the Russians or WikiLeaks, or in fact, any other crime. She omitted that in her submissions to my attorneys. She withheld exculpatory evidence from my lawyers. Then, after the trial, we learned that the jury forewoman, who had been a Democrat candidate for Congress and was a protege of legendary Democratic consultant Donna Brazil, had attacked me on Twitter and Facebook by name regarding the very case in which she would later be selected as a juror. Legal scholars left, right, and center said, at a minimum, I was entitled to a new trial. But in the District of Columbia, it wouldn't have mattered. I could have had Clarence Darrow as my lawyer. Here's what I learned the hard way. In DC, the Constitution, the law, the rules, the evidence, the facts, These things are utterly meaningless.
0: 2017, which is a very, uh, very well-told story. And I guess every so often we got to remind Americans because most Americans, you know, they only pay attention to what's 50 feet from their door. Um, And when you look at 2017, things that, that were done, not just to me, but to many others, I mean, the undermining of a duly elected president of the United States is no longer a conspiracy theory that the media would have us believe, okay? It was done by, directed by uh, President Barack Obama, uh, and he was very aware of it in 2016. He definitely was aware of it. We we have hard evidence of him being aware of it and directing it in early 2017 before Trump even took office, and then the execution of that direction was done by Jim Comey.
7: And so I found out about James Comey's book signing uh, because a lot of people, after I started confronting politicians like Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and <laughs> Chelsea Clinton at Barnes and Nobles, people started sending me tips, right? He was having a, uh, a book tour once again, but for this new book, which I guess is a... Uh, a fiction, right, a a crime novel, because uh, this corrupt FBI uh, director and, I guess, uh, career criminal himself decided that uh, after uh, evading accountability for his role in staging a coup against the sitting United States president, he wanted to start writing uh, crime fantasy novels. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? I just got so annoyed seeing all these different politicians and political figures have their book signings and just thinking to myself, why is it that nobody's going to ask these people questions?
6: Come along here! Read John Durham's report. of here! No. I'm in the latest talk! Read John Derms' report and out you'll learn
7: about a real-life life criminal, out. a oh, real-life criminal, crazy. a real-life criminal oh, yeah. named James Comey. Oh, it's not a fiction, it's not a novel. It's a real crime story. You're going to get locked up, Comey. You are a criminal. And when
6: Donald Trump wins in 2024, you'll go to jail. Every federal bureaucrat who is complicit in this travesty needs to be told you're fired. Did you ever see that?
9: The real reason that I was prosecuted was not because I lied to Congress, but to pressure me to offer false testimony against Donald Trump. The prosecutors presented my lawyer with 29 phone records that showed that I had spoken to candidate Trump in 2016, and they wanted me to testify falsely that these conversations pertain to the Russians or WikiLeaks or some other matter. In other words, they tra- were trying to invent evidence of Russian collusion where none existed. This culminated uh, on the morning of January 25th when 29 heavily armed, fully SWAT-clad FBI agents swarmed my home, uh, arriving in 17 armored vehicles with an FBI helicopter overhead, two FBI amphibious units pulled up to the dock behind my house, Uh, all of these FBI agents Uh, including those from the boats, were brandishing fully automatic M4 assault weapons. Uh, The government knew I had no firearm. The government knew I didn't have a valid passport. I was not a flight risk. Everybody knows exactly what I look like, thanks to CNN. By the way, they took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. This cost taxpayers $1.1 million. Why? Well, this whole show, this whole charade, was put on for the benefit of CNN. CNN just happened to have a camera set up 25 feet from my front door when the FBI stormed my home. Now, CNN would tell you that their presence there was the basis of a hunch, a basis of solid investigative reporting. When, in fact, I was arrested at 6.06, at 6.11, a producer from CNN sent by text to my lawyer, a copy of my sealed criminal indictment. How's that possible? The indictment was not unsealed by a federal magistrate until three hours later. But if you look at the actual document, while it has no court markings or timestamp on it, it does have in the metadata tags, the initials of the man who wrote it, Andrew Weissman. Therefore, he committed a felony by leaking the existence of an arrest and search warrant to CNN. The judge in my case could care less.
3: They're about Marxism that cannot allow anything higher than the state to exist. They're knocking on my neighbor's door, but they're not knocking on my door, but they're gonna get around to your door.
1: Then they proceeded to shuttle me, uh, you know, between two rooms of my house uh, and always have detectives standing over me while they searched. And so the first thing I said to them was, I want to have a copy of the warrant. And the, uh, missing thing, the key thing is the affidavit supporting the warrant. They refused to give me the affidavit. So the precise reasons for why they were searching my, i taking all of my electronics, uh, were unknown to me and are still unknown to me. They still have not shared a copy of the affidavit supporting the warrant. I think that this is part of an operation to attempt to uh, destroy me, an operation to uh, damage my character, damage my reputation, to try to make me unemployable.
0: In the past, they could they could physically assassinate somebody, right? Because they didn't have the forensics, they didn't have the DNA wasn't a part of our legal system. So physical assassinations were, were uh, you could get away with them in the past. Today, uh, and, and, and recently, in recent years, you can't get away with physical assassinations anymore. That's government overviews, they, so, so they would go that far. And now it's narrative assassinations. So now they have to, so now they, they kill by, by creating a, a narrative about you that destroys every single aspect of who you are, okay? like what they did to me what they're doing to what they've done to donald trump what they do to anybody who they feel is an enemy
9: to to this day people in the street call me a traitor where did they possibly get that impression the government never produced any evidence whatsoever of my collusion with the russians or any other illegal action Uh, look this is as you know uh, one of the most elementary rules of Saul Alinsky's epic book, Rules for Radicals. Always accuse the opposition of exactly that which you yourself are doing. You know, it's
0: like, you look at me and you go, well, geez, you know, you're, you know, you're, I'm not some big shot general, right? I mean, there's a lot of generals and there's a lot of admirals and there's a lot of them that are, that are, I would say that are outspoken in different ways, but, Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me, right? Why Mike Flynn? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? Why Mike Flynn? Why, Why this general? Why not 50 other generals or 50 other admirals out there that are people that have gotten out of the military and stood up for something, right? Why me? Because of the things that I experienced and the things that I did in my jobs that I had at very, very senior levels of government, and the things that I was able to prove that I could do, and so they didn't want me in a position where, as National Security Advisor, you have you have an awful lot of of authority and uh, and power, and you you know you're the net, you're the top of the security you know food chain, right? Other than the only other person that's higher than you is the President of the United States. That's it. We sit here today and we sit here whenever somebody's, you know, is able to sit down and watch this thing, and you may never get up. That's how bad of a situation we're facing today.
1: There was an attempt to destroy me in part because I disagreed with some of my colleagues. And they have a particular view uh, that there were really no problems with the 2020 election.
10: There was a lot of consternation about that. Sides were chosen, and then the Durham report came out. And as Americans, we have evidence to the fact that there was a concerted, organized effort by Trump's political opponents to keep him out of office. In each state, I have read evidence from state to state to state. Um, of the fact that the election was stolen. I have friends that were whistleblowers who personally witnessed it, who signed affidavits, which is a federal crime to do that if you were not telling the truth. On and on and on the list goes. And to me, all the talk around the 2020 election um, really gives testimony to the power of the media. And lies have been told and repeated and believed, unfortunately.
1: My view is that the 2020 election needed to be investigated uh, with great energy and uh, trying to overturn every rock possible to find what's underneath. And maybe at the end of the day uh, that there, there would not have been much found. No one knows until you actually do the investigation, but they didn't want to do the investigation. Their attempt is to try to maintain that narrative by painting me as some kind of extremist.
0: And that very, very famous meeting in the Oval Office that was led by Barack Obama, uh, uh, Vice President at the time, Vice President Biden was in that meeting, uh, Director of National Intelligence, Clapper, Director of the CIA, Brennan, Director of the FBI, Comey, uh, Deputy Director of the uh, uh, Department of Justice, Sally Yates, National Security Advisor, Susan Rice, during that meeting is when they decided to basically cut my legs out and start the process to cut the legs out of Donald Trump. So that, to me, was that—that that was a, a conspiracy to commit treason, as far as I'm concerned. Five January 2017, and that that meeting. Uh, there are notes that have come out of it that are now evidence in here in many many uh, court cases. One one of which will, is mine and will be mine, and. What came out of it is a very famous uh, uh, noontime on the day of the inauguration at 12 o'clock. Susan Rice's very famous email to herself, you know, email to Susan saying, you know, to do everything above board. Okay, why why would the National Security Advisor have to admit something like that in an email as though what you're trying to, who, whose ass is it that you're trying to cover, right? Are you trying to cover your, your boss's you know, meeting Barack Obama's asked for that 5 January meeting. And again, we have, the, we have the notes out of that meeting and the meeting, the minutes of that meeting, are probably sealed somewhere, because there's some, there's some other notes from other individuals, but we have enough notes where we know exactly what that meeting was about from people in the FBI. And Comey went back to his organization on that day and brought his other, his other thugs together and they sat there, you know, guys like Andy McCabe, Peter Strzok, Bill Priestap. Page was the um, uh, the lawyer for Andy McCabe. I mean, these are these are all people in a in a meeting that, that took place back in the FBI headquarters that same day to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do, and give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this basically this act of treason. And he then began the process of undermining a duly elected president of the United States of America.
3: I remember, I I was actually, I was at home watching TV just like the rest of us, when Comey gave that press conference with regard to the laundry list of criminal acts that Hillary Clinton committed with regard to the handling of classified information.
12: From the group of 30,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received.
3: If an FBI employee had done one of those things, number one, they would have been suspended. They'd have been walked out of the building. Their security clearance would have been revoked and probably would have been the subject of a counterintelligence investigation.
12: There is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information.
11: He was using some clandestine tactics that this is the type of abuse that people are talking about coming from our federal government agencies. And it was him that gave information false information to a professor of his that put a lot of information out there that was really misinformation. And he knew that they had to a Biden's laptop. He knew that President Trump was not involved in anything with Russia, 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 as we call it, which took a toll on, on his administration for three years. But the FBI knew it was false. They knew it was fake. They knew it was misinformation and did nothing to stop it. Matter of fact, they helped shape the narrative and helped carry it out there where people were subjected to misinformation
12: any reasonable person in secretary clinton's position or in the position of those with whom she was corresponding about those matters should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation so
3: comey's going through this laundry list of stuff and i'm starting to get a little hopeful i'm thinking man maybe we're going to do the right thing here
12: none of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system but their presence is especially concerning because all of these emails were housed on unclassified personal servers, not even supported by full-time security staff, like those found at agencies and departments of the United States government, or even with a commercial email service like Gmail.
3: Maybe we're gonna actually take down a kingpin. That's really what I was thinking. We do assess
12: that hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account.
5: You know, one of the privileges I had in Congress was to be on the Oversight Committee. And so we had a lot of tremendous hearings. I remember one with uh, James uh, Comey. We had multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. And they've, they've embraced a culture of corruption. And Comey was one of them.
12: She also used her personal email extensively while outside the United States, including sending and receiving work-related emails in the territory of sophisticated adversaries. We assess it is possible that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account.
3: When you compare how she was handled with, say, what happened fairly recently, the Mar-a-Lago raid, regarding classified information that was stored properly, that was secured properly. People on the conservative side of the house, on the Republican side of the house are getting scrutinized much more heavily and are being dealt with with a much heavier hand than people on the left side of the aisle.
12: Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Although the Department of Justice makes final decisions on matters like this, we are expressing to justice our view that no charges are appropriate in this case.
3: That really was, in my mind, the death knell of a commitment to the Constitution.
2: Dozens of FBI agents and supervisors have come my way in the last couple of years with the same complaint, that there's a disregard for the First Amendment, a disregard for free expression, for free religious expression.
10: Take us back in time, and, and who was Mike Flynn?
12: He was the national security advisor to the president. He was the, the designee as the national security advisor to the president, probably starting in December. It's
0: hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen?
12: I sent them. <laughs> um, I thought it's early enough, let's just send a couple guys over. Something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration.
11: And he thought he could get away with it. What does that tell you?
0: So I, I didn't have any, any issues with meeting with FBI officials ever. So I was like, you know, they're on our team, right? I had no issues talking with a couple of FBI people about anything because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't worried about anything. And so for me to sit in, and have a conversation with some, you know, with an FBI. I mean, you know, you're you're talking to somebody at the time who was the national security advisor of the United States of America. And uh, so to get to that level, uh, you know, they, they don't sprinkle fairy dust on you and, you know, poof, you're the national security advisor. You have to develop a, you know, decades long set of experiences and knowledge and wherewithal to get to that level. So, now you're talking about the full resources of the federal government are going to be applied and, 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 uh, uh, and used to take you down in order to take the president of the United States down. And that had to start with, and it did start with the FBI. Jim Comey, uh, the director of the FBI at the time, uh, basically, him and a group of hench men and women—they uh, were directly involved in committing treason, as far as I'm concerned, against a duly elected president of the United States, to basically undermine the United States of America, and to do it in a way uh, that that completely took away the notion of us being a constitutional republic, meaning all of us have the sacrosanct privilege of voting and all all of us are equal when we vote. And the majority of Americans and our electoral college system placed Donald J. Trump into office as the president of the United States, as the 45th president of the United States. And there was a decision made on the 5th of January of 2017 to start the process to undermine the legitimacy of his presidency.
6: The radical left is not above the law and conservatives are not beneath the law. The targeting and repression that is now being directed against Republicans and conservatives is totally unprecedented. In American history, this has never happened before.
9: Look, here we have hard evidence of extortion bribery money laundering influence peddling the selling of the highest office in the nation Uh, actual documentation of multi-million dollar bribes wired directly to hunter biden joe biden jim biden other members of the biden family from china from russia from ukraine from romania we have the wife of the mayor of Moscow, giving Hunter Biden $40 million to avoid being placed on the sanctions list. Yet there is no prosecution of the Bidens.
1: There are all these whistleblowers who are continually coming out in a stream about the Biden family, about Hunter Biden, about his laptop. And that laptop was known to DOJ, uh, you know, and possessed in DOJ's hands in uh, you know, late 2019. And so the Trump administration was still in place then, which tells you basically that there are a whole cadre of officials at the Justice Department and at the FBI who attempted to basically put a lid on that until the election occurred.
5: The president said for months and months, I knew nothing about his business deals. I had nothing to do with it. And now the more the evidence comes along, It appears, and not only was he aware, but he was seemingly an active participant in accepting bribery from foreign nations and setting up shell companies to launder the money. And by the way, if all that ends up being true, you don't get there overnight. This, This has every appearance as something that has been going on a long, long time and that has been perfected over the course of time. And so, when you see this type of thing happening at the top levels of our government, in the White House itself, and while he was vice president, uh, and and then you look across the street and it's at the FBI and it's at the IRS, it's at the Department of Justice, you start seeing across the board in our nation's leadership
0: this type of corruption. Here I am sitting today, talking to you. And this is, you know, this is six years later, and number one. We're still having to, to uh explain it to the American people. And number two, no one has, has yet to be held accountable. And so we do these we do these documentaries, we do these things, and it's like we're trying to we're trying to get the message out to people. We keep sending back those same crooks to serve in our political class, which is a class of people that our founders never envisioned. Right? They never envisioned a, a political class of people. This is all they do for their entire life. These are people that have never held a job. They get involved in politics as a damn intern. And then they end up as a U.S. senator or, or God help us as a president of the United States. I mean, how does a guy like, I don't know, just talk about Obama because everybody you know thinks he's a wonderful guy. A lot of people think he's a wonderful guy. I mean, the guy owns the guy owns homes that are that are mega million dollar homes. And what, is he, what did he do? He was a community organizer that probably didn't make anything. He then becomes a U.S. senator for not an entire term. He, he miraculously wins two presidential elections. And, and now he's like one of the wealthiest people in, you know, in our society. I mean, how does that happen? Because he wrote a book? I mean, no. It's because he was in the valley of the shadow of death. And he feared evil, and instead of taking the light out to to, to discover the truth and to, and to discover honesty and discover discover the true north star, he took the other light of wealth and power, and darkness. You have now entered the gates of hell, and you live in it, but you're given all of the wealth. It's like you know, I don't know what the biblical phrase is when when you know Satan is. Tempting Jesus in the desert. I'll I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. When he does that, all you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done.
8: There is evil in the world, and that evil for the longest time, in my estimation, operated behind smoke and mirrors. It was there. It was present. It was manipulating. It was bribing. It was coercing and it was getting its way in the world. A lot of it was to produce economic gain for those who were truly evil. What I think has happened, particularly under the the Trump administration, uh, a lot of that has been exposed. It's being more exposed every day. I think a lot of this is now happening out in the open, and it's happening on a more rapid pace because they realized if they do want to dominate the world, there are those who oppose them. And they oppose them with vigor and they have to move quicker. And as they do that, I think they're starting to make mistakes.
3: I really think Trump is a a modern day analog to Samson. Samson had his issues with the ladies and Trump has had some of those controversies in his past, too. But Samson ultimately was used in a very powerful way by God. I think Trump potentially could be used in the same sort of way. Samson had a lot of uh, issues in his life, and Trump's got some issues in his life as well. But that doesn't mean that hey, he can't be used by God or that he's not you know, the appropriate person for the job at hand.
5: You look at Joseph, for example. I mean, here's a righteous young man. He ends up being falsely accused of a, a sexual crime he did not
9: commit.
6: They are at war
9: with morality itself. Look, I understand that liberal elitists and others will snicker at this and make fun of it. I actually believe uh, that Donald Trump was put in this place at this time for a specific reason. Uh, He is not uh, a man of God, but he's a man who prays. Uh, He is a man who has found God. Uh, And I think he is doing God's work now and that the hand
3: of Jesus Christ is upon Donald Trump. The entire biblical account is about how sinful people have been redeemed by their creator. Time and time again, very, very flawed people. Abraham, Moses. It is people that struggled with sin, that were very flawed, that God, through his grace, redeemed those people and made something beautiful out of their lives, ultimately.
6: These people are at war with Western civilization, they're at war with science, they're at war with truth.
3: There's
2: only male and and female gender. Now we are told that, don't believe that science.
3: Uh, Trust us, there could be more. God describes the devil as the father of lies. So you're aligning yourself with that satanic element if you're refusing to stand for the truth. In fact, if you're standing for the truth, that puts you on the side of God. We're not let off the hook, so to speak, if we just sit by and do nothing or say nothing. Your, your silence is a tacit approval of the evil that's occurring. Daniel is another great
5: example out of many in the scripture, but here again is a young man and he has, is given tremendous wisdom, tremendous insight
6: spirit of america has never been found in the vast halls and marble buildings of washington dc it has always lived in the places of worship
5: and he starts going up in uh, positions of authority and importance well people become jealous and resentful of that and they begin attacking him and end up up a a law uh, helping the king sign a law that says you can't worship any other god but the, the gods that, that we provide for you. And Daniel, what does he do? Not only does he not obey that, but he opens wide his windows every day so that he is publicly seen praying to the God of Israel, Jehovah God. Of course, as a result, uh, we, we know the story, how he ends up being thrown in the lion's den and yet even there, God protected him. Again, yet another example of the blessings of God, the uh, shield of the Lord. And there's multiple examples of nations, on the other hand, they forsake the laws of God and they suffer the consequences. And you know that brings us into where we are right now in our own country. And now is a time for us to understand that the foundational principles upon which our nation was established are the reasons that this country has been blessed for hundreds of years. And it's also the reason, I believe, that we are now experiencing great difficulty and trial.
2: We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, uh, that he has been viewed as divisive.
0: And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom, on the playing
8: field, at work, and on military. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. They're working on political things that are being pushed on them by their political masters, and that's a bad situation to be in. It needs to be rectified, and in order to rectify it, we need a commander-in-chief who is going to be a commander-in-chief and is going to lead us back to where we were with the strongest military in the world. And as a very young officer, I saw what happened as the dominoes fell. I was there when Cambodia fell, when Vietnam fell, and when Laos fell, because of lack of political support back home. We know that at least half of America believes as we do. The other half you know, believes differently. And the question is, how as a democracy are we gonna resolve that? We're certainly not gonna resolve it by people saying that if you disagree with me, you are a threat to democracy. That the only good democracy is one where I'm in charge. That's not a democracy, that's fascism. Terrorism from
11: white supremacy is the most lethal threat. We've been hijacked by these liberal media uh, and liberal Democrat folks, and if you deviate just one, just one mite away from their narrative and what they want you to do, they come at you with everything they got to destroy you. They come at you with news articles. They come at you by using surrogates to attack you. They use people from your own community to attack you. They would do everything they can to shut you down because they know if they lose 20% of the black vote, Democrats will be dead uh, from here on out because that's what they're banking on. The, The black support, they get the black support, but they don't deliver to the black community. That's why Joe Biden can say, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. And you're supposed to, as an African American, accept that. He didn't say that about women. If you don't vote for me, you're not a woman. He didn't say that to the LGBTQ community. If you don't vote for me, you're not LGBTQ. They take the black vote for granted. Liberals have destroyed the black community. Now it's time for the black community to destroy the liberals. There are many of us who spoke out, exercised our First Amendment freedom of speech to talk about the elections, how we felt there was election integrity issues. And to be attacked by the liberal media and to be attacked by social media platforms in terms of suppressing our voices, that is unconstitutional.
1: It looks as if there is a dogged jihad to go after President Trump any of his supporters and anyone who showed up on January 6th for that protest. And to paint them all based on the conduct of a few who engaged in in law-breaking conduct like breaking windows, like entering without authorization, like fighting with Capitol Police and the like. But, you know, the vast majority of people who went to the protest on that day were interested in, in, in and never went beyond the bounds of peaceful protests
10: the lawfare, the aggressiveness, it's an absolute weaponization. And the message is, stand down or you will be destroyed. And Americans have gotten that message loud and clear. We saw that with January 6th, an absolute abuse, abuse of power. And all the um, unalienable rights, God-given that these people have to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, this were stolen from all those January 6th prisoners, stolen by their own government. It's unfathomable. And it happened. And we all watched it.
7: Well, I do believe that January 6th is going to forever be a stain on our country. Not because of the actions of Americans who bravely protested, right, the theft of our elections on January 6th, but uh, by the FBI and by the DOJ and by the politicians in the Uniparty who certified a stolen election and are now carrying out a witch hunt against American patriots who should actually be applauded for their efforts on January 6th, but are instead being rounded up and jailed as political prisoners. And so uh, we can't exactly be talking about exporting democracy to places like Ukraine and the Middle East when we have political prisoners in our own country, when we have stolen elections in our own country, when we have people who are being jailed for their speech in our country, right? So January 6th is a stain on our country because it reveals the hypocrisy I don't really think that glorified trespassing inside the United States Capitol is worthy of jail time, right? None of the people from Antifa or Black Lives Matter have been prosecuted or faced any jail time for their actions that resulted in $1.5 billion worth of damage to public buildings, okay? If you look at the estimates of the damage that was carried out during the infamous summer of love. And yet, what do they want to say? $1.5 million worth of damage was done to the United States Capitol because a few windows were broken. I mean, the only people who died that day were people who either had a medical emergencies or people like Ashley Babbitt were assassinated by the Capitol Police. And so I think that uh, if we're going to unite our country, every single January 6th, there should be pardoned.
8: you look at a situation where a grandmother walks into a ca- our Capitol, escorted by a police officer, thinking that this was okay, and now she's one of a thousand people who are basically being punished for what they did on January 6th, when they did nothing more than a tourist would do on a good day in Washington. And so now people are feeling if I do speak out, I, um, I might be punished. We need to bring people in. People need to realize uh, you know, that if they say, well, I'm a MAGA person, am I gonna get criticized? Well, there's 75 million of us at a minimum.
5: At the end of the day, everything rises and falls on leadership. And we have entered into a period of time now where at the top levels of our government, it has become common practice to lie, to cheat, to to deceive. I mean, look at what's happening right now with
9: Joe and uh, President Biden and and Hunter Biden. The attempted prosecution of Hunter Biden had buried in it immunity for any serious crime. So uh, this is a perfect example. My wife and I still owe taxes for 2006. We never failed to report a single penny. We never failed to report a single asset. We are being sued simply because we cannot pay, because in the Mueller witch hunt, um, we were essentially bankrupted. Hunter Biden failed to declare almost $10 million in income, yet he was gonna get away with a slap on the wrist He also lied on a form uh, about his drug addiction when it came to the purchase of a firearm. Every other person in the country who's been convicted of that crime went to prison. But Hunter Biden was to go into an intervention program into which they had buried total immunity for all of his crimes, just hoping that the judge would not notice. The prosecutors uh, and his defense attorneys working together to give Hunter Biden a pass.
11: Why did they let the statute of limitations run out on some of these charges with Hunter Biden? And you know, I want to say something. I keep hearing Joe Biden and and the liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son. And yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law.
10: I'm a Georgia peach. I was born and raised here and I still reside here. So I'm very familiar with what's happening Um, in Georgia, and it is a Marxist takeover. RDA Fonnie Willis is a Marxist, California, father was a Black Panther, um, radical. And that's how she's running that office, uh, on the backs of the taxpayers to the tune of about $70 million. Crime is, up, let's see, assaults are up 60%, murder 70 Fentanyl-related murders, 218% in Atlanta, and she is spending $70 million going after these 19 people. Our jails are overrun. We've got people, we have gangsters. We have gangsters speaking out and rappers in Atlanta over the corruption of the DA's office. They've been waiting on hearings and due process of law for a year. When rappers are talking about your corruption, We have a problem and Atlanta has a problem. Georgia has a problem. And the only answer to that is for the citizenry to become fearless, for the citizenry to step forward and say, um, I'm going to take action. I'm not going to be afraid of the bully on the schoolyard, which sadly is the government at this point, whether it's municipal, county, state, city, federal, they're all bullies and, um, they're supposed to serve us.
9: Every single American has an absolute right to question the outcome of an American election. Every single American has a First Amendment right based on very serious anomalies and irregularities to question the outcome of an election. But they are accusing Donald Trump of knowing that he lost and entering a conspiracy to uh, to stop, to block, the peaceful transfer of power. That requires them to know what was in Donald Trump's head and in his heart. I have no question whatsoever that Donald Trump believes then and now that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. So let me put it another way. Questioning the outcome of an election is an egregious crime for which Donald Trump should be sent to prison. But it's not a crime if you're Kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi or Jerry Nadler or Adam Schiff or Chuck Schumer or Stacey Abrams or Jamie Raskin. If you're one of them or one of the 100 Democrats who voted against certifying the 2016 presidential election, it's perfectly all right.
10: What these people are on trial for, the president and the other political prisoners essentially, is their freedom of speech. And I learned last week, I was at an event and was educated on the fact, and I didn't know it, we are the last nation on planet Earth with freedom of speech. Canada, the UK, Australia, Europe, New Zealand, they no longer have freedom of speech. In Canada, if you see a man walk up to you in a dress and lipstick and you call him sir, It is considered a hate crime. You will go to jail for two years.
5: We are not to sit back and pretend as though we don't see evil that's encroaching upon us. We are called even to expose those deeds of darkness. We must also do it with boldness and with confidence that right is still right and wrong is still wrong. Of course, we all know that Jesus loved people, uh, even the the worst of sinners and those who were entrapped in all sorts of horrible lifestyles. But we also know that there was a side of Jesus that was so righteous and just that he overturned the tables of those who were corrupting uh, the temple. Uh, he, He called them a brood of vipers.
10: We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. I mean, I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need like deliverance. And so I do think that that Trump must have an even greater clarity to that at this point, having seen what happened to the country these past several years. Having been out of office and sidelined, if you will, the past couple of years, I'm sure Trump is filling his playbook with a lot of um, good plans to help save the country, considering he's had the unfortunate benefit of watching what has happened. And then he can step in with greater effectiveness, even than his first term, and get things done.
8: One of the things I think, if you look back, you could realize when the, the term Make America Great Again was coined by Donald Trump and it became MAGA. And we, uh, we talked about America first and peace through strength. All of that was Donald Trump introducing that to America and in basically building a coalition of people who believed as he did. What we have to realize is that w- Donald Trump isn't MAGA. We are MAGA.
0: The federal government right now is a tyrannical federal government that's overreaching into everything, every aspect of our lives. So the question is, is it a sure thing that America will be saved? Like I believe that the only person, the only entity that knows if America is going to actually get out of this thing is God.
9: The Bible tells us very specifically that the nation will go through very dark times before ultimate victory by the Lord. In every great battle outlined in the Bible, The forces of Christ are always overwhelmingly outnumbered, but they are always victorious. And I'm convinced that that will happen yet again.
10: In 10 years, 15, 20 years, hopefully the story will be that under this persecution, the church had her finest hour, that the bride rose up to her true calling and was that city on a hill um, that we, not just believed, but stepped forward and fought for what we believed in, just like our founding fathers did. It was important enough to risk their very lives to do it. Um, Give me liberty or give me death. And and as Christians, your liberty is in your faith and belief in Christ Jesus and the kingdom of heaven.
9: The fact that I did not die in a dank Georgia prison, uh, that's a miracle. The fact that the president commuted my prison sentence, that's a miracle. The fact that I got an unconditional presidential pardon, that's a miracle. The fact that the Lord saved my wife's life after the stress of two years caused uh, a diagnosis of very aggressive stage four cancer. She's healthy today through the healing power of Jesus Christ, that's a miracle. The day after the election, I was in a horrific car accident uh, in which the car I was in was totaled, and every other passenger in the car was badly injured, but I walked away without a scratch. That is a miracle. So, having all these miracles in my life, I don't believe that the Lord will stand by idly and watch the destruction of this beacon of freedom. I don't believe God will allow the destruction of a nation based on Christian principles, based on godly principles.
10: You know, There's that adage that in the darkness, the light shines brightest, and these seem like unmanageably dark days, but I believe this is when the light will be the brightest, and the light always takes over the dark. When you walk in a dark room and you flip on the light switch, the darkness doesn't decide whether it leaves or not. It has to.